You are tuned into the And One edition of the Game Sports Show presented by Sports Center Bar and Grill. Sports Center Bar and Grill named Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario's best sports bar for five years in a row and Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario's best wings for two years in a row. Make sure to go on down to Sports Center Bar and Grill on Wednesdays for its famous 75 cent wing nights and just to be a part of an overall great sports atmosphere. Make sure to also check out Sports Center Bar and Grill on both Facebook and Instagram. They're also available for takeout as well. Now let's get to end one. Joining hosts David McCaig and Scott Mason discussing both local, regional, and national basketball talk. Booyah, and it's time for the Game Sports Show and one edition presented by Sports Center Bar and Grill. And speaking of Sports Center Bar and Grill, as you heard right off the introduction, Sports Center Bar and Grill, Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario's best sports bar for five years in a row, best wings for two years in a row. Obviously, it goes without saying, when you're the best sports bar for five years in a row and the best wings, go down to the best sports bar to be a part of a great atmosphere and enjoy the wings. Pretty self-explanatory, don't you think? Sports Center Bar and Grill can be followed on social media, Facebook and Instagram to make sure that you follow and keep up with all the deals that Sports Center offers here as well. It's your host, David McKegg. As I mentioned off the top, this is And One, of course, presented by Sports Center Bar and Grill, powered by the Game Entertainment and Media and broadcast it to the gamesportshow.com. And my co-host here joining me for this second episode of And One is the one and only Scott Nason. Scotty, my friend, how are you? I'm doing well, Dave. Uh, a little late in the recording due to uh, broadcast schedules as we are knee-deep in March Madness for high school basketball and, of course, the NCAA. But certainly lots to talk about on this Sunday and glad to be back on the show. Definitely. You know what? Of course, we with all of our uploads that we've been doing, especially due to the COVID and all the news content, our, our uploads have been very sporadic. Not as much, of course, our ESPN 1400 editions, but all the other shows that we do on our platform. We appreciate the listeners' patience with all the uploads that we have and being so lenient and being patient with the date uploads. Now, Scott, I'm going to go through the agenda here for the show. And for the first part of the show, we're going to get into that madness that we call NCAA March Madness. It's been our first show since the tournament has started. And the tournament, there's no perfect brackets, okay? Let's just flat out say that off the hop. It's been uh, certainly a great tournament, very exciting for viewers, and it's had a lot of great storylines. And, of course, we're going to get into everything with uh, March Madness, as well as we're going to get into the NBA. We uh, have not had discussion about the NBA trade deadlines. We're going to talk about a little brief reaction, of course, as that was a couple days ago plus, uh, but also we're going to get into some NBA current news. And to wrap up the show, Scott will get into some local recap on the side of of the basketball news as well. So we touch everything here. And here on this edition is just myself and Scott. Uh, Tyler and EJ have not joined yet on these uploads due to, of course, our schedule conflicts. We hopefully have Tyler and uh, EJ uh, going forward with the next uploads. Now, I'm going to give Scott the floor for a majority of this, of course, which all of your listeners will love because Scott Nason is the original OG with starting to lead everything off. And with myself being the host that I am, it came from learning from Scott Nason as well as a few others, but definitely mostly Scott. So Scott, I want to give you the floor in terms of the end one start, if you want to start with the NCAA or NBA, whatever you'd like to start with, my friend, the floor is yours. Well, the NCAA basketball tournament, Dave, when we last had our and one show about a week and a half ago, uh, offered some tournament predictions, and most of those predictions have gone by the wayside. I still do have Alabama winning the whole thing, and they are still alive. They'll be in action later today in their Sweet 16 matchup. But to me, there's been two big storylines with the NCAA tournament. Uh, going into the tournament, the Big Ten, which uh, most people agreed was the best conference in all of college basketball, uh, getting nine teams into the tournament. Well, they are down to one team, as Michigan is the only team alive. There were some early upsets of uh, some of the bigger teams in the Big Ten, including Illinois, who lost to Loyola of Chicago in the second round. Ohio State, who lost in the first round as a two seed to Oral Roberts. And, and that's been really one, one of the biggest stories to me. And it's something that the Big Ten has seen over the past uh, 20 some odd years. The only the last Big Ten team to win the whole thing that was Michigan State back in 2000. Now, Michigan has a good chance, but they are not the same team without one of their key players, uh, Livers, who's out of the tournament. And Michigan, while they haven't looked great, 
they've looked good enough, and they're going to play Florida State later today. That's going to be a tough matchup for Michigan. The other story to me is the Pac-12. Now, nobody was talking about the Pac-12 going into the tournament. They only received five five bids for teams to get in the tournament, and they're 10-1. and one. They've only had one team get knocked out, and we saw another team yesterday, a 12-seed Oregon State. And to me, Dave, that's the beauty of this college basketball tournament is Ohio, or Oregon State was picked last in the Pac-12, and going into the Pac-12 tournament, nobody had them even getting out of that. They win their conference tournament. They come in as a 12 seed. They knock off Tennessee in the first round. They knock off Oklahoma State in the second round. And then yesterday, uh, a slugfest against Loyola Chicago, an 8-12 matchup in the Sweet 16. And Oregon State is into the Elite Eight as they knocked off Loyola yesterday by the score of 65-58. to They're going to take on number two Houston, who uh, not a lot of people – thought greatly of as a two seed they were probably at least the the way I looked at them they were probably the least likely of the two seeds to advance and they might be the only two seed to advance as they knocked off Syracuse last night 62 to 46 so they'll take on Oregon State tomorrow night uh, for a chance to make the final four the other games yesterday Oral Roberts the 15 seed it looked like they were going to be the first ever 15 seeded team to make it to the elite eight but Credit Arkansas, they came back, and Eric Musselman's doing a great job with that squad. They only made one three-pointer and yet defeated Oral Roberts 72-70. to Oral Roberts had a chance to win it at the buzzer, but the three-pointer comes a little short. And so Arkansas is going to take on Baylor in the Elite Eight tomorrow night. Baylor just kind of going about their business. Uh, they were coveted there for a couple weeks before the tournament started, but they've looked pretty good as they knocked off Villanova yesterday, 62-51. to 51. So those are the Elite Eight matchups tomorrow. Baylor, a one seed against Arkansas, the three seed. And Houston, a two seed, taking on Oregon State. Games going on today. Again, we're recording this on Sunday afternoon. So these games have not started. For the Sweet 16, you have Gonzaga, a one seed, taking on Creighton, a five seed. And I think of all the teams so far, Gonzaga's looked the strongest. Mm-hmm. They were the number one seed overall, and they've had no trouble in their first two games. I would expect Gonzaga's going to win this one going away. Creighton, a good team, but not a great team. I like Gonzaga to win that one. The other matchup in the West bracket for the Sweet 16, it's going to be a fun game tonight. I know you're very partial to Oregon, as is our good friend Butch Davis. On uh, ESPN 1400's The Game, uh, Oregon, a seventh seed, will take on USC, a sixth seed. Again, Pac-12, just looking absolutely fantastic right now. And certainly, they're going to have at least two teams in the Elite Eight. That game's going to be interesting. I like Oregon in that one, but that's a coin flip game. Both teams playing very well, so expect that one to be quite the matchup. And then the other two games tonight, uh, Dave, very partial to me at five, Michigan, the one seed taking on Florida state, the four seed. Boy, this is a tough, tough one for me. I, I almost (laughs) like Florida state in this one. I think Florida state's playing very good basketball. They knocked off Colorado in the last round rather easily. They haven't had too much trouble while Michigan without livers, they're going to need a lot of inside play against a very, tall and athletic Florida State team. I like Florida State to win this game today. And then the team that uh, is just still kind of laying in the weeds to me, Alabama, they've looked very good. They just run and gun. They shoot a lot of threes. They take on UCLA out of the Pac-12. UCLA had to get in with the playing game, uh, knocking off Michigan State in overtime. Then they took care of the six-seeded BYU and then the knocking off Abilene Christian in the last round. I don't think UCLA's played quite uh, – a tough team so far. No offense to those other teams. They're going to go up against the Alabama juggernaut. So I like Alabama in that one, but Dave, don't go to the bank with those picks. It's, it's been an unpredictable NCAA tournament and it's why it's one of my favorite times in all of sports. When you have games just going on back to back, it's certainly been a fun tournament and anything can happen. Your guess is probably better if not as good as mine. 
You know what? Honestly, Scott, especially when you said with Oregon, too, that obviously me being an Oregon Duck football fan for the college uh, route and with Duke not being in the men's basketball uh, team that I definitely adore the is Blue. Is Blue. Wow. Duke. Well, as I speak, <laughs> you know, hey, but with Oregon in that game, you said the perfect term there. It's a coin flip. I think, yes, that that game is probably the most uh, big, biggest coin flip. In my opinion, you can choose either side. But every game has almost seemed like a coin, a coin flip. It doesn't matter what the seed is. doesn't matter what. There's been great storylines that, that I, obviously with Oral Roberts, uh, Leola, and, and having all those storylines into this tournament, it's just fantastic to see, right? And, of course, now with Gonzaga is obviously, in my opinion, the favorite out of the remaining teams just because of what, they, what they've brought to the table. But if I had to really try to pick a team that maybe – Someone is not really going to pick, uh, you know, obviously not Creighton. They're going to have it very tough against Gonzaga, as Scott alluded to with this recording. It's currently 12.21 p.m. on March the 28th, so tip-off is at 2.10. I would, you know, seeing UCLA against Alabama, you've also said there, Scott, with Alabama, <laughs> very good basketball team there. I think they're going to be in very tough to be able to advance. But Oregon State with the Beavers, you know, I, I really feel like they have a strong chance against Houston tomorrow. Uh, that tip-off is at 7.15, so it's going to be the rest of the games are all going to be coin flips. Like I said, you can choose anything because all of our picks and everyone else's picks have not been perfect. Okay. No one predicted the tournament to end up to what it was going to be at right now. Uh, Obviously, Gonzaga and Alabama, uh, Michigan, you know, they obviously don't have Harbaugh behind the bench or anything like that. So don't have to worry about losing any kind of (laughs) (laughs) jokes aside, but nonetheless, you know, I really do feel that Oregon will defeat USC today. I just, it just, my gut feeling, I got no expertise giving you very lame sports knowledge there. Maybe it's a little bit biased because what Scott said with me cheering on the football side for Oregon, but this has all been absolute madness this entire tournament which is why it's called march madness it's really fit its title and it's really fit the entire covid sports realm okay all these storylines all these surprise moments all these big moments it seems like every time i was refreshing my social media page when i was able to look at my phone when i wasn't occupied with something else upset alert upset alert upset alert the entire time on each sports broadcast platform everyone's the captions were upset alert it feels like that everything that i read for the first you know set of games with this march madness has all been all upset 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 so why not continue this realm wouldn't it be absolutely amazing if creighton florida state ucla and oregon all being the lower seeds in the games going into today win and move on like imagine Gonzaga losing to creighton i can't see it i'm not calling that that's gonna happen but it would be fantastic to see a team of a higher seed uh, like an Oregon State or UCLA or a team of such like that get into the finals and win it just would really fit the COVID sports realm in my opinion and overall with the NCAA tournament Scott you uh, went on the floor with a lot of lot of a uh, lot of big stuff there in terms of news but I want to ask you one question and that question is out of this team's remaining what favorite team do you have in terms of someone being a lower seed what underdog do you think can do it right now i i agree with you i think oregon state with that uh you know with that run they're on as a 12 seed taking on houston and again houston's look good in their games they did have a close game against rutgers in the second round but of all the teams that are still alive i think they have the best chance of the lower seeded teams to get to the final four Uh, the other team i'm looking at is florida state but they're gonna have to beat michigan and alabama i don't think they can beat both those teams i'm very hot on alabama right now and yes i'm a little partial being a crimson tide especially football fan like you with oregon and the ducks so um i I would say i would say oregon state right now is probably the best but i think the team that has to win it is gonzaga because you know they go through the the regular season undefeated and there's many people including myself that are a little skeptical of that team yeah they don't play anybody in that west coast conference like a big 10 or pac 12 schedule or sec or acc or big 12 so i think gonzaga this is their time they don't win it this year then i don't think people are going to take them seriously ever i mean if there's any year that they're going to win it it's this year and the thing about the college basketball tournament dave is normally it's very unpredictable in a normal non-covid season but we didn't have any of the non-conference matchups that we're used to so it was hard to judge which conference was the best because they're only playing each other basically there were a few non-conference games but not a lot to really 
you know, put a true gauge on it. And that's where the Pac-12, because, you know, they play out in the West Coast and many people, including myself, don't watch a lot of their games because they're on so late. And it just it just makes an un- unpredictable tournament in a normal year that much more unpredictable. So I don't think we're done seeing the surprises. I mean, I wouldn't be absolutely shocked if Gonzaga doesn't make it to the final four, but I wouldn't be surprised either if they do. I'm, I'm liking uh, as an upset team, Oregon State, uh, they very well could make it uh, possibly the championship game if they keep going. But the team I still am going with, at least as of today, that could change tonight the way this tournament's going. But I like Alabama. I like what they're doing down there. Nate Oates has totally turned around that program that's, you know, had minimal success in the NCAA tournament. I think they've won a couple games over the past few years, but this is a different animal in Tuscaloosa. So I, I like Alabama to win the whole thing. We'll see how long that takes before my bracket's broken again <laughs> you know what uh, if anyone would have had a perfect bracket to this point i would have uh, made sure they got a contract to be an employee on our show or something yes uh, that's how you know perfect you would have had to be and you know what out of these names scott this is a, I like bringing up random points i gotta say arkansas razorbacks i love that name uh, for a sports name not gonna lie i am one to always pick out my names uh, obviously the creighton uh, with the blue jays has a little bit close to home if you're talking about the toronto uh, blue jays but but, you know, I got to say, with these names on college teams and the logos, love that. And video games, I'm going to go on a video game route and kind of rant with NCAA here. I'm not huge on the video game side of things. But one thing I remember when I was younger is that NCAA football and that just overall, I think the college level of sports deserves to have more respect in terms of the sporting type video game companies, including EA Sports, 2K, uh, etc. Because you can make video games out of this. And I know in NBA 2K, you start off in college and you can move your way up. But all these teams, all the fun things you can do with logos and everything, I got to give credit to NCAA. It's always exciting, right? From, from a sports end, all these surprise stories, it always keeps us very entertained. And it's sad that, of course, we get this for one month out of the year going into the beginning of April where you got the NBA and NFL and NHL. They have storylines throughout an entire season. The NCAA is able to provide that much excitement for one month where every year somebody is always looking forward to that March Madness. And the reason why I brought the video game point is because I would like to see more of these amateur level or the NCAA level type video game sports and giving promotion to these schools and programs, uh, which in turn, can, you know, maybe can help out income of these schools. Or maybe you got some some other uh, kids that are from Canada or from Europe that may not know some schools uh, that are in the United States and maybe able to give more kind of uh, publicity to these schools. And just oh, you can it's just very exciting overall. I kind of went on a random rant there, Scott, but I wanted to give some love to the NCAA because they always provide exciting content in terms of, well, they don't mean to provide that exciting content, but it's always those storylines that always work out, it seems. Like last night, you were, of course, talking about the five-overtime game that we'll certainly get in touch with our Top Shelf Edition, which we'll be recording tomorrow with yours truly. But NCAA March Madness has been, far from being a disappointment, it's been exciting, and I'd like to see more exposure from a video game end and just overall sports end with NCAA uh, outside of its tournaments. I don't know if you agree. Maybe you don't agree with the video game side of things, but I'm sure you get my point. I totally agree, David. Actually, uh, NCAA football is going to be coming back to EA yep. Sports, I believe, in the fall. And, and you know, I think it, the last time they put out a game was back in uh, 2012, 2013. And I'm, I'm a big gamer, especially with sports games. And I would play NCAA football more than I would Madden just because of just all the different teams. You got the fight songs, you know, in the background and yeah. somebody that certainly loves college sports. And one of the things that I love about college sports, especially the NCAA basketball and hockey tournaments is for most of these athletes that are seniors, this is it. I mean, this They're not going to go pro. I mean, you're going to have a few that do obviously and do other things, but this is the end of their run. And, you know, some of these guys, and gals and talking about the women's tournament as well, you know, they've been working since they were, you know, youth since they were very young and, and this is the end of the road. And, and that's where I see, that's why you see the passion 
and excitement and the true emotion of sports. And yes, you do see that in the professional level as well, but not quite to the extent that you do college basketball. Uh, we're going to talk about the NBA coming up, and I love the NBA, but this time of year, it's tough to watch an NBA game when you got all these college games going on and, and just the unpredictability of it. And then the other nice thing about this year's NCAA basketball tournament, Dave, is a lot of these teams, you're not seeing the normal ones that you do, the Dukes, the Kansas, the North Carolinas. I mean, you're seeing an Oregon State team that hasn't been to this stage since the 70s. Houston, same thing. They haven't been to an Elite Eight since, I think, 1974. Ironically, the year I was born, by the way, for those that are scoring at home. So it's nice to see different teams in the mix and, you know, and the fan base and just giving some excitement because, you know, this has been a tough year, tough couple years now with COVID and everything. And so it's nice to have what sports brings to so many, the excitement. And just think of this time last year, Dave, we had nothing as far as college sports, no NCAA basketball, no live sports. And I just remember how there was just that bit of emptiness that I felt not having the games to follow, to cover, to watch. And so this has certainly been an exciting tournament. And when we talk next, we'll be talking final four and a lot more excitement to come. Definitely. Now I know I just had a vision in my head, just NCAA sports video game, every sport, basketball, all in one. And you make a character and you make it like a storyline where you train them, develop them, make them choose a school, play in that sport. Then when you're done with that sport, you get drafted to professional level. Then that concludes the season. Then you can, you know, make another character for football, another character for basketball, men or women wrestling. You can just make a full NCAA game, huge platform game, make it online where you can go head to head with each other or you know, have characters go against each other in a game to help determine your seed and increase your draft rating. Or maybe you get asked to go to a, uh, you know, if you're playing in the hockey side, go to the World Junior Tournament, then boom, you incorporate the World Junior Tournament in it all. So the ideas could be endless. It's sometimes, of course, hard when it comes to the rights inside of that. But God, that video game would certainly make money as I continue with that. But Scott, I wanted to take a quick little lead on the women's side of basketball here. Quickly, I'm going to give you the floor to wrap it up after. Just going to give a little recap on the women's side of the NCAA, of course. Yesterday in action, they had Connecticut and Iowa. Connecticut uh, winning 92-72 in that one. Baylor, Michigan, 78-75. Baylor winning that one. Indiana and NC State. Indiana pulls off three-point victory, 73-70. And then Arizona and Texas A&M. Third-seeded Arizona defeats the second-seeded Texas A&M, 74-59. And the other Sweet 16 games will be going on today. One just about before we're going to be done our recording with Georgia Tech and South Carolina, Missouri State and Stanford, then Oregon, Louisville, and then Texas, Maryland. I'll be in the other games, a little pair of six and two actions there tonight on the women's side of basketball. And another great tournament on the women's side as well that has had its surprises. Not as much as men's in terms of surprises, of course, but all in all, they've been bringing forward some exciting basketball throughout just the women's side of basketball as well. And yesterday, of course, I got to say, I got the most decisive victory in the in the tournament. Well, of course, you got to go with Connecticut over Iowa, winning by 20 points. But the Arizona over defeating over Texas A&M, I felt that, you know, Texas A&M would have that game a lot closer. But Arizona seems, of course, that they have pulled away with that. And it all started not in the in the first quarter. It happened in the second half, in the third in the third quarter, mostly where Arizona took over, leading 24 and 14 or difference in points in that game. But, Scott, a little recap on the women's side, giving you the floor and some thoughts on that end. Yeah, with the women's, you don't see the upsets like you do in the men's. Uh, Usually the top seeds go through, and and the Big Ten has done a good job to get some teams in there. Michigan, uh, they gave Baylor all they could handle yesterday. What a day for Baylor yesterday, having two two other teams make the Elite Eight, the Baylor women, a two-seed. They knock off Michigan in overtime. This is the first time Michigan ever made the Sweet 16. Iowa losing to UConn. Nobody's surprised there. UConn is always in it. I think it's their 20th straight Elite Eight or some crazy number like that. The big upset, though, as you mentioned, Indiana, a four seed, knocking off NC State, a one seed. So that was certainly a big one. And then you mentioned Arizona. So there have, have been some surprises, and you have some good games going on today. And they're getting a lot more coverage here in the United States, you're seeing more games on ABC and some of the networks, which we haven't seen in the past. Uh, coming up today, South Carolina, one seed. Uh, they're going to take on Georgia Tech. Stanford, another tough team, taking taking on a surprise Missouri State as the five seed. Then you got another Oregon team, Dave, uh, a six-seeded Oregon women's basketball team taking on Louisville tonight, along with Texas and Maryland. So I don't think there's going to be too many surprises there. I'm sure UConn, Stanford, and South Carolina 
will make the final four, but there's still uh, a lot of games to be played and certainly some exciting uh, tournament action for both the men and the women. Certainly, and rightfully so with the women's getting the coverage that they certainly deserve. It's uh, I'm going to co- do all the coverage. It's probably hard for all the programs to get everything on there, but they're certainly doing everything they can to get the both coverage of both the men's and the women's. Now, I'm here to remind listeners as well. It's David McKay joined by Scott Nason here for our second episode of And One. And I must remind listeners that for these first little bit of episodes, uh, being more kind of, let's say, lower in the amount of time in terms of our time frame that we usually have, as well as just with these introduction shows, for the first little bit, they are going to be commercial free. So our sponsors may not like that, but tough luck for them. That's the way that we're rolling it with this one. So the listeners can enjoy some commercial free content as we continue here. And Scott, I want to jump into the NBA with uh, right now. And of course, the deadline has passed. And if first off, let's say it flat out, there are a lot of moves in the NBA, of course, the deadline in terms of you know players that were expected to move of sorts, but the only player that didn't move that people thought were going to move was, of course, Kyle Lowry. Now, this yeah. has been talked about an exhaustion on the Canadian side of media. So, of course, this might be a little bit of old news to everybody, but we didn't give our reaction on that yet. And I want to say something quick about that with the Raptors, of course, making two moves, train off Terrence Davis and, of course, Matt Thomas for a pair of draft picks, as well as Norman Powell uh, going over to the Portland Trailblazers, which, of course, I feel that he's fitting in really well there. And Gary Trent Jr. uh, getting traded in the same amount of games and the same amount of days that he was in the NBA as his father did when he got traded to the Raptors. Just an unbelievable storyline. It seems like that was a coincidence. And, of course, Rodney Hood going over in that deal as well. The Raptors getting something for nothing with Norman and getting some picks uh, to try to kind of bolster their way in the draft, if they're going to try to move up in the draft with those picks or whatever they're going to do. And they still believe in this year, of course. The East is still open in terms of games. It's going to be, of course, tight if the Raptors are going to be able to make a little bit of a run. They seem to, they of course, still have the pieces in place to make a a big push at the end to try to squeeze in uh, to the playoffs. As we sit here right now with our recording, the Raptors are in 11th place, 18 and 27 which is absolutely unacceptable for a team of that caliber. Uh, but, of course, the Heat and Celtics, you know, they haven't had great years, too. And I know the Heat are a better team than what they've been showing. So uh, the, the Knicks being fifth right now, anything can happen in a matter of a week or two in that conference, in the Eastern Conference, where if you look at the West, you know, you got your top-tier teams with the Jazz, the Suns, and Clippers. But nonetheless, going back to the Raptors side, the Kyle Lowry not getting moved. I'm going to flat out say that I, I love – the Raptors, I believe in loyalty. Okay, this comes from a Toronto Maple Leaf fan who didn't see Matt Sundin get traded at the deadline, then he walked away uh, in free agency into the Vancouver Canucks the next season. And it was rumored out that Toronto could have gotten a first and a prospect for Matt Sundin at the time, of course, from a team that was making a playoff push. So the pick wouldn't have been no high top 10 pick, but you never know whatever you can get in those picks, even if it's in the 20th to 30th picks. And Matt Sundin moved on to Vancouver and he, he, he said no. He negated a trade. He said he didn't want to go, and that's totally fine. And maybe that's what Kyle said, and I respect that. I love Kyle Lowry. So I don't want anybody sitting out there saying, Dave, don't know, you don't know what you're talking about or you shouldn't have done that. Now, look. Kyle Lowry, I get the side that they didn't get the right package for him that they wanted. Also, they they believe in that loyalty side, which is my biggest kudos, that they didn't want to move him for just anything. Or maybe they want to try to resign him. Maybe he will resign in Toronto. Or maybe they can do a sign-in trade down the road if they can sign him and then move him to a team that he wants. But again, that's a little bit of a far shot for me because why do that when he can just literally will get in free agency and sign where he wants to go anyways, unless he wants to try to help the Raptors, which, you know, hopefully he does. So besides all those points that I get and that I agree with, I want to make sure I stress that I agree with him not being moved because of them still being able to make a little bit of a push as well as that loyalty where he should have a statue built outside of the of the arena and he might be the best Raptor of all time and that's coming from somebody who's a big Vince Carter fan so I want everyone to know that that's where my stance is but I'm going to go on the other side and argue with the other side get something for nothing that might be the hockey side of me where a lot of the asset management quote-unquote comes from the hockey side of things but I gotta say Kyle Lowry 
being able to get moved, if it was the Lakers, the Heat, the Sixers, yes, you would have got a couple firsts or uh, late picks or some prospects. And that first, it was more of a lower end pick. I get it, but I'm a firm believer of getting something for nothing as well. And that's why I backtracked to that Matt Sundin reference that I used because of getting that something for nothing is great asset management. I believe that in all sports. And the Raptors right now aren't giving up. You got Siakam there, you got Van Fleet. You got some good pieces that are still inside Toronto. And now with Kyle there, you still have a chance to be a playoff team, which is great to see. But if they were looking at getting something for Kyle and they're afraid they're going to get nothing because you saw Casal leave, they got nothing. Abaka, they got nothing. Where you could have gotten something for these guys, of course, they were trying to make a run last year. So it's a bit more acceptable. This year, being at the, at the range that they're in of the playoff spot, you don't have to pack it in. okay? But at the end of the day, they could have maybe got that something for nothing. And I will say again that I, I believe on them not trading them. I firm believer of that i believe in loyalty so i'm on that side but i want everyone to stop arguing with the people that uh, that i see on social media that are saying to get something for nothing because what if he does walk away for nothing and we could have gotten that first round pick and don't forget Giannis attempted to cupo went 15th overall okay that's someone who wasn't in your top 10 and he's one of the best basketball players in the nba yes maybe they would have got a pick that was 20 21 22 but i'm sure i can look at the draft history in the nba there's got to be players that are in that realm and with masai ujiri you can never doubt who he's going to who he's going to who he's going to draft or if he could trade up the guy's a magician when it comes to trades so i'm a firm believer that they should have yes kept them but I get why they should have moved him as well. So I'm very torn about that. Scott, that was a little bit of a four or five minute rant on your end. It took up a little bit of our NBA trade deadline time there, but I want to stress that out for, of course, our Raptors listeners, uh, which have a big amount of the Canadian listeners on here who follow the Raptors. I want to get your take on that as well as the entire NBA deadline. Yeah, I think you covered it very well, Dave. I would agree almost 100% with what you said there about Lowry and, and, and rewarding loyalty, something we're not seeing with the Detroit Pistons as they only have one player from last year's roster still on their team. They made a move uh, trading DeLon Wright to Sacramento. And so the total rebuild for the Pistons continues, which I think is a good thing. They certainly need to do something with an organization that is floundering. And that's saying it lightly right now. I think the biggest surprise to me uh, and probably the best player, in my opinion, that was traded was Nikola Vukovic going to Chicago. I love this guy. He is having himself a fantastic year, kind of lost in the shuffle in Orlando. I mean, he's age 30. Uh, He was an all-star for the second time this year. He's a 40% three-point shooter. And, you know, Chicago, kind of where Toronto is right now, Dave, kind of just laying in the weeds. This certainly gives them a a big uh, boost as far as their chances Uh, not only to make the playoffs, but possibly make some noise in the playoffs. I think he's a great addition with Zach Levine. Uh, You know, a lot of more pick and rolls that he's going to be able to do there. And so I think Chicago did very good, excuse me, in that trade. Uh, Aaron Gordon, he gets traded to the Denver Nuggets. Uh, Again, a very nice fit for a a team that certainly misses Jeremy Grant, who's on the Pistons. That was a big loss for the Nuggets. And I think this kind of takes some of that away for Denver. Uh, you know, you look at Aladipo also getting traded, uh, which <laughs> that poor Houston team, they finally won a game last yeah, night Dave, after uh, a, a while not winning some. And I like this trade here. Uh, maybe not a lot of people are talking about this, but Rondo going to the Clippers. I think they need a little boost of energy with that Clipper team. And they have a lot of talent, but it just seems like it's a team that I don't know. I, I just still don't get a good feel for maybe because they lost a three nothing lead in last year's playoffs. And, uh, you know, Kawhi Leonard is, is having a good year, but you have load management with him. He's not playing every night. I think this Rondo trade to the Clippers certainly uh, shakes up the West a little bit. And, you know, looking at the Lakers, there's talk that Andre Drummond, who Cleveland said they're pretty much done with. They, he might be going to the Lakers, which would be kind of an odd one to me. Uh, you know, that kind of shows that Davis might be out for a lot longer. And now with LeBron out, that Laker team uh, kind of struggling. So, so those were some of the ones that I saw, Dave. J.J. Reddick going to the Mavericks. Denver, a team I think that's been a little disappointing this year. But I certainly think that gives them a, a lot more outside shooting. Uh, I mentioned Aladipo getting traded to the Heat. Miami, another team that, you know, believe it or not, they made the NBA Finals last year. A lot of people forget that, and and they're a team that's kind of still floundering in the East. You have a lot of teams that are just kind of sitting there in the East, uh, like a Toronto, like a Chicago, like a Miami, that you know these moves certainly will help them. So those are some of the ones that I saw, Dave. There weren't any 
of the, the trade deadline moves that you just learned were like, wow, you know, that totally shocked. I guess if there was one, the Chicago Chicago trade getting Vukovic there, I think that's a big move for them. Watch out for the Bulls. They could make a little run here. They can. You know what? And honestly, one thing that I'll say is flat out with the, the one thing that I saw yesterday, of course, was LaMarcus Aldridge, uh, you know, signing. And with LaMarcus yeah. Aldridge, you know, he I feel like he is 35, but there is a guy that is still going to get the job done for you. This is a guy who is one of the best defenders in the game. And of course, with being in this kind of day and age where it's kind of different with uh, when you compare it to compare it to hockey, right? Or you, like you don't really see all these last minute kind of buyouts and where someone signs, but Aldridge going to the Nets, uh, the Nets are just building uh, just a great team over there. And of course, our boy, Kevin Durant over there. <laughs> Always being a part of super teams, it seems like, and you can date back to some older shows, the Game Sports Show, where I called him out and being a sellout and <laughs> called pretty harsh words from yours truly. It paid off for him getting a ring. But the Brooklyn, uh, the Brooklyn Nets are obviously a, a team that you know being one of the top teams in the East, you know, and with Giannis leading the Bucks, it seems like that Eastern Conference is going to be very tight for those top three teams. But the bottom is just wide open. That heck, the Knicks are in the playoffs right now. It definitely defines COVID this year with a lot of teams are near the bottom. Like the Celtics, Heat, and Raptors being in that mid to slash bottom, but the Magic and the Pistons, those are teams that were able to sell, make the moves that they had to make, and of course the Houston Rockets are absolute dumpster fire. The only other dumpster fire with them is the Minnesota Timberwolves. Or no offense, Scott, the Pistons. Maybe oh, I agree. Magic. It's still, it's still going to be very interesting to coming down the stretch. But Lamarcus Aldridge, you got to watch that move now. It just makes the Nets even better than what they were. Like you said, though, the Bulls were definitely winners in my opinion, of the the NBA draft. Now, one thing I wanted to bring up, Scott, and this is something that got brought up about a week or so ago as we talk about a lot of diversity in sports. Uh, there was a comparison between uh, two athletes in both men and women's basketball, and I wanted to give my point on things. And I think these are pretty strong stats here. And, of course, we're going to more of a personal kind of comment here in terms of basketball. But Sue Bird, she has 17 seasons in the WNBA, four WNBA championships. Her 2020 salary was $215,000. Bonus for winning the 2020 finals was $11,356. The person that she was compared to, which – of course, not comparing in talent, just in terms of kind of accolades, was LeBron James. So 17 seasons in the NBA, four NBA championships, which mirrors. 2020 salary was $37.44 million, and bonus for winning the 2020 finals was $370,000. Of course, there was a difference in everything. The only thing that was similar was the seasons and the championships. Now, there's been a lot of debate online about this and how – uh, the on the side of the business side of things. And I could not agree more that I need, we need to start seeing that diversity in sports and the women's basketball is finally getting the, the more attention that it deserves. I think it still can get more, but I will say flat out Scott, that it's also very hard to compare the both just because of where the NBA is in terms of income they're they're right. able and the teams are able to pay those players that it is a business because they have that income where the women's side of basketball did not have that income. And they're starting to get that, popularity right now that they really deserve so i think that is very strong statistics where yes of course sue bird has got the same kind of numbers and accolades as lebron james does but at the end of the day when it comes to if like for example if you're in a job where if you work with an organization that is maybe owned by the government they're able to offer higher payroll than maybe a local business does and no i'm not comparing the w, the WNBA to the and the NBA to business and prestigious organizations just it's a business unfortunately but i will say that i agree with the a lot of the angry actions in terms of where Sue Bird and the numbers are on the financial end of that. But, you know, hopefully one day the WNBA can get to a higher amount. Obviously, I think professional athletes get paid, a, a sh I'm going to say it right now, a shit ton of money uh, for what they <laughs> For what they do, uh, especially the the NBA players where, you know, I would love to see portions of salaries donated to charities. But again, that's in a perfect world. And a lot of players do, of course, work with charities. And LeBron James is really involved in that. But my whole point of that, Scott, why I brought that up is I was asked if I could bring that up on the show. I just getting my opinion on it. And of course, with my opinion being, of course, equality is what's the goal for every sport. Uh, but that is why 
Sue Bird isn't making what LeBron is because it's an absolute business. This is coming from somebody who took business at a university level and just owning a, a business on our end, Scott. We we kind of understand that end of it where, you know, if the game entertainment and media had dub, had uh, had NBA dollars, you know, I imagine uh, we would have game entertainment media studios throughout the entire world, never mind just one here in Sioux, Ontario and a studio across over in Sioux, Michigan, right? It's, it's all about just the business side of sports and that is just my overall take on it i don't know if you want to add anything to that uh, or if you agree with my points well I, I agree with a lot of what you said dave and, and there's two things with this as far as i'm concerned we've talked a bit about this on the game especially talking about uh u.s women's soccer and you know a lot of the same conversations that, that you just talked about uh, you know first and foremost th- there needs to be equality as far as just sports in general. You saw it with the NCAA men's and women's basketball tournament. Uh, a couple of the women's players put online the facilities that they had for their tournament compared to the facilities that the men had. And I don't know who the heck's running the NCAA, but whoever uh, had this idea of giving the men basically everything and the women basically nothing oh, as far as, yes. well, I mean, it was just, it wasn't that amazing. I mean, they oh were my God. Them, yes. Oh my God. They were showing the, yeah, they were showing the meals that they weren't. It looked like a, you know, a Swanson TV dinner, no offense to those folks at Swanson that makes those. And then they showed the men's facilities, basically a, 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 a full course buffet. The, the uh, weight rooms were just, I mean, and that's an absolute joke and that's got to stop. And obviously the NCA made some changes to that but how it even got to that point in the year 2021 is beyond me so that certainly has to be addressed and fixed in any sport but i'm with you dave as far as uh i'm a free market guy and i'm not not a business expert by anything but i'm not one that gets upset about when these players get these outlandish salaries because the market allows for it to happen and that's why you have a free market not a government regulated controlled market and so while lebron james does he deserve to be making all that money i don't know the market allows for him to do it he gets endorsement contracts you know people go to the games uh, when they can before covid and they'll pay the 50 dollars in parking and they'll pay the 200 dollars and they'll for tickets and they'll buy the concessions and the nba uh, you know, all things equal makes a lot more revenue and creates a lot more revenue yep. than the WNBA, much like U.S. men's soccer. They get more revenue in because of the MLS and some of the other things. So, you know, it doesn't look good on paper. I mean, certainly uh, a player like Sue Bird should uh, be probably making more money, but we live in a free market society. And if the market allows it, then that's what happens. Uh, you know, again, I, I, do I think that LeBron James should be making a hundred million dollars a year or whatever it is? No, but the market allows for it. And so I have no problems with it, but they really got to address the equality, like what the NCA did before this tournament. That's an absolute shame. And okay. that just can't happen today. No, that was an absolute joke. I'm glad that that, uh, the, that girl uploaded, I can't recall her name right now. Top of my head. Yeah. I- uh, but uploaded that video to show that and the attention that it got and especially the way the society is, why that was still a thing in 2020. We're not looking back at the 20s and 30s. I know there's some people that are, <laughs> are still alive that were part of that era that you know may tune into the show. Who knows? But uh, nonetheless, it's still an absolute joke. And when I saw that, I was like, you got to be kidding me. You you that that is just unacceptable there was what 25 squat racks for the men's for the basketball team do they even have full 20 yeah they do i guess but they like they they don't need all those you know it's got to be equal you if you're if you're part of the michigan wolverines men's and women's basketball team guess what you're all in the same family you're a part of the same school uh, uh, going after the same goal so you got to provide that same respect doesn't matter the sport but overall scott like you said as a business and when it comes to the NBA and WNBA, that is why it is like that. I like that as a strong post that was shared, of course, with the comparisons. But that is the obvious explanation of what it is. And hopefully, you know, the WNBA can get more of that income. And you know who can make the change to help bring more popularity to the WNBA? It's us as a society. Yep. It's us as sports yep. experts. If you want this change, we got to be a part of the change. And that is what... 
here on the Game Sports Show. We talk about both sports, all in all, from men's, women's. You know, if there was a dog, if there was a bunch of air buds in terms of a sport, like a bunch of golden retrievers and, and a basketball league, guess what? We'd probably cover that too because, you know, it's all that sport action and we're a part of everything here on the game and we're going to try to be a part of bringing all the change that we can and that it all starts from giving it the promotion that it deserves and we do that here on the show. So that's my explanation that people were waiting to hear. So hopefully you liked my reaction. If you didn't, well, I already said it. So if you have any questions, <laughs> uh, I agree with equality though for sure. Now, Scott, that has been kind of the full and entirely of the uh, the professional basketball discussion, a random topic that we brought up, of course, and uh, of course, where we talk about the March Madness for both men's and women's. I want to give you the floor quickly because I'm going to remind listeners we do not have an ESPN 1400 edition show tomorrow. That is March the 29th. We might have some changes with our uploads next couple weeks because Scott has a lot of other recordings that contents can be provided for that he's going to get to in just a few moments. So we will have a top shelf edition this upcoming Monday, which will be tomorrow. In placement of that, of course, it's not on live radio, but we'll make sure it's uploaded on our website and all of our platforms for you to enjoy right away. Now, it's myself, Dane, and the crew. will be Dane's last show, I believe, before he goes back to Red Lake. So then you'll have myself and Alex Parr being the spearheads for the rest of the Top Shelf editions for the rest of the season, including Justin Heichel as well. So, Scott, I want to give you the floor on what's going on this week in terms of local basketball, local sports, local content. I know there's a lot, so I'll let you get into it because I know you're going to be a busy man this upcoming week. Yeah, it's been very busy with high school girls and boys basketball. The districts were played this past week, and there are still four girls teams in the area that are alive heading into the regionals and one boys team. So we won't be having a show, as you mentioned, Monday night on ESPN 1400's version of the game because I will be uh, broadcasting a regional semifinal game in Division Four. Here in Sault Ste. Marie, as the Rudyard Bulldogs and Cedarville Trojans will meet that game 515 over on our sister station, Country 105. Then Tuesday night, I'll be heading down to Rudyard for boys basketball, their Division Four regional semifinal featuring a very good Rudyard Bulldogs team taking on Mackinac City. Mackinac City edged out Pickford yesterday afternoon to advance to the uh, regional semifinal. And then Sioux High girls, they will start their regionals Monday night in Manistique, this is a very good Sioux High team. They have the potential to make a deep run into the playoffs. They're going to take on a very pesky Escanaba team. You can hear that game Monday night over on 1230 WSL with Dave Watson and Ray Bell. Dave will have the pregame show around 645. And then Wednesday, we'll have a regional final in Wolverine featuring either Red Yard or Cedarville on Country 105. And then if Suhai wins on Monday, I'll be traveling down to Houghton Lake on Wednesday for their regional final. And then we'll have a regional final on Thursday uh, featuring likely the Red Yard Bulldogs over on Country 105. And then next week, Dave, we get to the quarterfinals, semifinals, and finals of boys and girls basketball. Certainly hoping that one, if not many of our teams make it to that stage, but Will keep me busy if nothing else. The game isn't gone. It's not going anywhere. Just on a little hiatus due to uh, high school basketball. And I got to tell you, Dave, uh, not doing high school basketball for a couple years. It was a lot of fun doing a lot of games this week, including uh, my first ever buzzer beater on a high school broadcast <laughs> as Pickford knocked off Cedarville in an upset. Uh, they got a buzzer beater from George Eddington. So haven't had a buzzer beater in my whole broadcast career for high school. So that one was certainly a lot of fun. So lots of high school basketball going on. The spring sports will start up with practices, I believe, in a week or so. And pretty soon, uh, well, I can't say pretty soon because we got about three inches of snow overnight, oh, Dave. Yeah. But, uh, what the heck is soon, this nonsense? I know. Pretty soon we'll be getting out in the fields and having some high school baseball and softball, track and field, soccer and more. If uh, things continue to improve right now, the COVID situation isn't the greatest on both sides of the border. So we're keeping an eye on that. So everyone just please continue to do the right thing, socially distance, wear your mask. And when and if the vaccine comes available, I would highly recommend it because that's the only path to normal, if you ask me. Definitely is. And I know what I, I 
finally found I found out some unfortunate news from my end from when I obviously I told listeners uh, this when I was uh, kind of announcing with my story at the beginning of a recent Top Self edition that I was leaving the Stewart Area Hospital where my full-time employment was and I joined a new profession as you know Scott sort of obviously a new company is what I mean I actually found out that because I moved on now to another organization when you're at the hospital you're a frontline worker essential worker my role is still on the same realm but since I was in the healthcare field it kind of moved me up the ranks of course get a vaccine shot and I found out with me now being resigned I would have had my vaccine shot this week no, uh, but I will not be getting my vaccine vaccination this week unfortunately even though of course, I am still on the payroll there until April the 9th. I am, since I'm no longer an employee, I've, I recently learned that uh, earlier this week. So I was actually kind of uh, upset about that because it would have been nice to have that. So anybody who has the opportunity to get your vaccine, make sure you get it. Don't miss your appointment. I, obviously, it's a human's right thing where I can, everyone can't be forced to get it. You can rightfully refuse it. However, you know, let's get back to normality. If you want to be back to normal, that this is the process going to be. And there's obviously going to be tracks with the government. I don't know how it is going to be on the American side, but the Canadian side, it's going to be tracked. You're going to be in a database and it's going to come in effect if you want to travel, et down the road once everything gets back to normal. So I kind of wanted to share my little unfortunate news of being able to get vaccinated. So I want to make sure that I, when I do have the opportunity, whenever that may be, if it's a month or two from now, not, instead of being right away, like I thought it would be, you know, of course, make sure you get it when you can. And Scott, you definitely got a busy week. That's great stuff. You can hear all that content on the gamesportshow.com. We will have our updated site. It's been kind of delayed because of the technological side of things with our website designer. He's doing some great updates and it's caused a little bit of issues with his computer, if you will, was the story. So we'll hopefully have uh, our new website launch as soon as possible. I know Alex did a fantastic video with a little video tease on our website. It's going to be our temporary kind of launch video that you can tune into. So I'm very excited to hopefully have that launched as soon as possible. And here on the Sioux Ontario side, quickly to remind listeners that Top Shelf will be on Monday. Uh, we will have an end one edition. We cannot cement the date as of yet. Yet, or who is going to be hosting it. If it be myself, Scott, or me, EJ Tyler, or EJ Tyler, or Scott EJ Tyler, whoever it may be, uh, we'll make sure we get our uploads as quickly as we possibly can. And of course, make sure you check out uh, the hot seat when it comes out this week. Uh, we had the recent upload this past week, uh, Simply Butch, Butch on Sports, Butch Davis. It's all on the website that you can check out, thegamesportshow.com, all powered by the game, entertainment, and media. Now, that's me taking Scott's kind of realm you know being the host on the show a little bit with promoting all that it feels different scott when i each show that i do and i say it each time when it's me hosting and directing all this stuff you know i it's all because of what you're able to teach me and not taking a breath because when you get all that out you take one big breath you say it take a big one after (laughs) exactly and you do a great (laughs) job dave and again fun being on this new show and all the different content that's available uh, on the Podbean site which i manage it's been quite the uh quite the traffic on it. Uh, it just seems more and more, the more stuff we put out, the more people we listen to. I had some Mackinac city uh, fans that were there wondering if there was a podcast of the game because they were watching the game. And so I sent the uh, information down and I got a couple nice messages about uh, not just that broadcast, but just some of the other stuff on there. They said they had no idea. And so it was nice to get a night, another group of sports fans, maybe into our brand. And certainly uh, it's going to be a fun day watching some, college basketball today and with the snow out there getting the grill fired up putting some steaks on there dave and gonna sit back and watch some good college basketball today love that and of course great way to end it this has been end one episode two and we got many more obviously coming and this is going to be i'm predicting some madness some more madness today you know what wouldn't surprise me at all but we have lots of uploads as we mentioned this week so make sure you keep an eye on all of our uh, content upload as well you can get directed there simply by just going to gamesportshow.com we got the option to go to facebook instagram uh, you got spotify apple amazon podbean podtail all the links are available on the site if you get lost or simply do Google search. Guess what? The Game Sports Show is a top one. Is obviously the top search on Google when you search the Game Sports Show. Not a big deal. Flat out going to say taking Paul Bizanet's quote there, nonetheless. But you got all this content, and we'll make sure that you try to keep up with everything because it's all fantastic content in terms of local, regional, and national sports. And it's always fun talking basketball. I'm glad that we brought this show in its own separate because when we were combining it with other shows, it was way too much amount of time. And of course, look, we're at 52 minutes or so on this broadcast, if not more, a couple minutes more than that. I may be off by a minute or two, but it's all fantastic stuff. If you have any comments or feedback, make sure you do so 
below with whatever upload that you are tuning into. Again, on behalf of Scott and on behalf of everyone with the Game Sports from the Game Entertainment and Media family, it's been David McKay bringing you this and one episode two. I'm here to remind you to keep your stick on the ice, swing your bats, catch your touchdowns, drain your threes, and shoot your shots. Booyah. <laughs>